BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. guys were great at the brighter side show did you know that you do the chicken tender bits about the honey mustard and then in eddie's stand-up he talks about how his favorite sandwich from Publix is a chicken tender with honey mustard sandwich i didn't know that yeah. i wasn't listening oh my god that's so funny i'm making fun of him i don't think either of you knew the other person was doing it no that's <laughs> a good you know good thing good thing to bring up thank you natalie <laughs> we were i mean henry were just like that's so funny and we all work together a lot yeah they just like you guys had that same thing happen in your heads I think so (laughs) um (laughs) how are you doing Natalie how's your week been it's fine it's fine we have a new dog so she's adorable but it's you know you just got to adjust a little bit she's great yeah and And she was a teen bride right she wasn't no he he didn't even marry her impregnated her and abandoned her yeah yeah, so she's got loose nipples. Um, very sweet, though. Wow, but she's in a nice long house. She's in a nice, very long house. Um, yeah, so no complaints. Just writing about rape. <laughs> That's right, while she's on your lap. If she really is. Her and Wendy are both like around me, and they're so cute. And then it's just like, and then he made her throw up all over herself for his pleasure. And I'm like, oh, man. That'll never happen to you, Wendy. I do say that to my dogs a lot. Um, I am a coward who doesn't want to bring children into this world, really. But uh, my dogs would never have to go uh, go somewhere with a a guy who's recruiting them to be movie stars. No. And then just... I'm going to make you a big star, Wendy. Yeah. Didn't you say the first week you brought her in here, it was in a Hollywood party Mm -hmm. and some other dog shit in her mouth? No. It was... uh, Two things happened. Sorry. We brought her to her first party after... uh, You know, we adopted her. It's this... an acquaintance who we have who lives in a lavish hills house and so it was very Hollywood party and the instant we bring her down uh, Wendy's like a 
a junkyard dog. She's like a bunch of different, you know, she's a mixed breed. Yeah. And this was like a very fancy looking, purebred, tiny little like manicured dog who just immediately started sexually assaulting her. As soon as I put her down onto the grass, I was like... Welcome to Hollywood, baby. You That's made right. it. Now she's got all these deals. It. Yeah. And uh, right. And after all that, we pulled the dog off. And, the, of course, the dog's owner thought it was hilarious. And I was just like, get your dog Mm-mm. away from my dog. Mm-mm. And uh, then right after that, Wendy went to go poop on the ground. And that dog came up behind her and proceeded to eat it out of her butt as it was coming up. Oh, cool. Yep. That's like straight farm to table. It really is. It is very, scat stuff is very L.A. as well. So. That's right. I can only assume she learned it from her. There we go. Her. Now she's an Airbud 4. his owner. Now she's an Airbud 4. Aw, she'd be so cute in that, though. <laughs> Welcome to Some Places Underneath. I'm Nellie Jean. I'm Amber Nelson. Amber, these next two episodes are going to make you so mad. You know, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I need a little spice in my life, Natalie. I've been just too comfortable. Yeah, that's what I was. I was worried you were too comfortable. Yeah, too happy. Um, Yeah, even as I was writing this, I was like, oh, man, I hate that I'm telling somebody this story. But I I am glad. I'm really glad we're saying it. But it's just going to it's going to make you so mad. All right, let's roll. Um, So, yeah, we we uh last episode we basically wanted to tell all of Aline's story so if you'll want to just take a, a recollection backwards we we did a very brief synopsis of Aline's story about being trafficked into this girl cult and her leaving very quietly in the night yes she escaped it so scary in the middle of the night wasn't she like 16 or something she was still a minor at the time yeah. i couldn't i could not fathom Mm-mm. i was still worried about like will this boy like me or not and not yeah. like how do i escape in the middle of the night yeah so unfortunately she's not even remotely alone uh in this story of being a minor trying to escape this situation um and she was there pretty early on in the scene as far as Sergio's recruitment thing. She was like one of the earlier, I believe she got in in 89. And this, this did not stop after she escaped. In fact, just the way that he had sort of had that first little girl and then he kind of like made Gloria into a photocopy of that little girl. Right, because he felt emasculated because this girl's mom was like, what is this grown man doing around my daughter? And he was just like, oh, it made me feel bad. Yeah. So he did the same shit to her. So I'm going to guess that he felt so emasculated that he couldn't rape a 16-year-old that now it's going to oh, get worse. Oh, she wasn't 16. She was more like 14. Cool. So it's, it's going to get worse, right? It's going to get worse, yeah. Way worse. So... It completely... like I, I think I mentioned it last week that it does continue to escalate. And this is all in the midst of Gloria's Gloria Trevi. Her career was exploding in this moment. So this is after she had already had her first big hit and little girls were obsessed with her and love like she was a pop star in Latin America. And as that's happening, the deviant and inhumane behavior of Sergio Andretti seemed to only escalate. So men or I mean, any person of any gender with these traits that he holds, they seem to be insatiable. Narcissism. And and it's like very Epstein-like where he cannot stop. But he can. I hate when – I actually really hate when people 
like classify it like well he can't he can't help himself because he's just got this mental you can he's not a robot yeah you're infantilizing like a grown grown man this is a grown man yeah so yes he has obviously has compulsion issues and it seems to be a numbers game for him a lot of the time and that just on a side note always I I search to fight to try to understand the mystery as to what they think they're achieving beyond the most like base compulsive needs in those moments like I guess just with me I'm thinking about goals like when I'm doing stuff most of the time I'm like well I want to get to this point or this point and it seems like in this sort of compulsive behavior it's just like get come I need to come and I need to come and I need that's like the only thing that's circulating in the head Mm. Um, I don't know it's just so it's I don't understand it fully Um, but this kind of person just keeps feeding the monster that they have inside of them and I guess really don't think anything beyond that Um, as and often as you point out a lot of times on the show Amber this is kind of person is you know, a lot of times that kind of person is considered like a person of authority in our society. Like we look at m- people, men specifically, who have these compulsion issues and we're supposed to look at them like they we, we should be led by them when they can't even like control their own penis. Right. They're just too emotional. Right. And um, we don't know a whole lot. And again, I'm always curious about the the backgrounds. I just find that interesting and i think it's the way that we we find solutions is like how did they get to this point and with sergio we don't really know a lot about his upbringing beyond he you know like we said he had a very young musical education but we do know that his brother was a politician during the time he was being sentenced which i i don't know but it seems like maybe that would have helped him Mm -hmm. um and that we know that his mother was present for some of these little girls, but she actually housed some of them for him and just acted like it wasn't happening. Mm. She just ignored it. She would just like close her bedroom door while he was just like made these little girls like sleep at his mom's house. And she just like didn't. She just God. like walked away from it. Because that's his special, her special little boy. I guess so. Um, I just if I got to say, man, if I if I had a son, I really, really would like to think that I would not do that yeah that that's not love in my opinion if your son is like mentally ill in this way and is hurting people loving him is getting him help off the street is getting him even if that's jail like the this is not love like watching him do this to little girls and just going like well i don't want him to get in trouble so aline who again was last week we kept she was kept and groomed by sergio and by extension the pop star Gloria Trevi and her back, backup singer Mary Paquitas for several years, making her escape as a child bride because, as you'll recall, he ended up marrying her instead of giving her a quinceanera. Made me so mad. I know. And I get it. It is such a special like transition time for a child. And instead, she was forced into like having sex with this adult man instead of having a birthday party that like was supposed to take her into adulthood. It's it's gross. So she managed to escape at the end of 1991. Her divorce to 35-year-old Sergio, as a 15-year-old, happened in 1992. And her book came out five years, five or six years later. But in that interim, and actually afterwards as well, Sergio was still very busy, desperately trying to fill whatever void is within him. So much, like I said, like Epstein, who just cannot 
seem to manage the sheer volume of children being tortured in their hands. It's just like so many kids. It's never enough for somebody like this. And after a lean left, his rage and evil behavior again escalated. That's just by my perception. It's not something a professional said or I read anywhere. It's just that's how I'm seeing it. I'm completely a novice, but that's how it appears to me that he, every time this happened, his behavior would get more and more unhinged and like violent. Though there are likely plenty of children who were victimized in between the years of 1992 and 1994, the next detailed account we have is from a woman who was then a girl whose name is Karina Yapur, who released a book in the year 2001. Um, as far as I can tell, I can't find any earlier publications of it, but it's it was only through Spanish-speaking uh, areas, and it was like a small um, publisher, so there's really sparse records, but I think the original one came out in 2001. And that book is called Revolucion's Mis Amargas Experiencia. Experiencias. No, I shouldn't try to do this. Mis Amargas Experiencias con Gloria Trevi, Sergio Anadre y Mary Boquitas. And I, yeah, I mean, I think you crushed that, right? Yep. You know what? Yep. There we go. I think you did great. Um, which that translates to Revelations, My Bitter Experiences with Gloria Trevi, Sergio Andretti, and Mary Boquitas. So just like Aline, this is very much a sort of trident spearhead of abuse in her in her mind with Sergio at the, the top point and then Mary and Gloria sort of providing the crucial side spears to really like, you know, get into people's guts all the way. So even though he is like the head of the, the the tip of the spear, they're also there right alongside him, like doing all of his bidding. So Aline's book and Karina's book, even though they both have expressed sympathy for Gloria to an extent, also fully acknowledge that she was partly for, at fault. She yeah. helped this along a lot Damn. of the time, like really badly, like manipulated these little girls would sit down with her family and say it's okay they're gonna come be with me i'm an empowered woman so you're a woman at this point mm -hmm. i know it's very sad what happened to her mm -hmm. but at a certain point when you're facilitating this and you're of age you're part of the problem yes i agree um especially to the the gravity of her actions, because it was more than just convincing the parents like she did. We'll get into things that really probably would be considered criminal if there was any way to prove it. But other than their, the all of these girls testimonies. So Karina first made contact with Sergio in 1994, two years plus some change after Aline escaped. So, again, Right at the end of 91, Aline makes her escape in the night. Two years later, we don't know exactly what happened. But then in 1994, Karina meets this crew. And there were plenty of girls in between. It wasn't like they just like took a hiatus. This is right. just the people who gave their accounts publicly. So Karina grew up in Chihuahua, Mexico, which is a state that is against the U.S. southern border. Uh, mostly Texas, it's touching that side of the U.S. border. Karina was right in the age group of Gloria Trevi idolization. Uh, at seven, she first heard Dr. Sicatria, the, that big pop hit, the video that we played. The fun one. Yeah. Uh, and it was immediately entranced with Gloria, like so many little girls. 
Her mom, Karina's mom, seemed to encourage her love, taking her to concerts, buying the records. And she would wear her mom's clothes and dress up in costumes like Gloria. She loved her so much that her friends started calling her Karina Trevi. I'm not sure what her mom's thought process was. It could have just been she wanted to make her kid happy, but she was, like, really helping her little girl, like, be fully immersed with this world. I don't Maybe her mom liked her, too, and just, yeah. like, wanted to share that. Maybe she saw, like, an empowered young woman and thought, oh, it's cool that my daughter gets to look up to her and not some weird guy. Some weird old man. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you know, she's sort of propagating where she's from, like being proud of where you're from. And here's this other woman. Yeah, maybe. Um, but regardless of what it was, she would help her wait outside of the concerts and get autographs from Gloria and do a lot of that kind of fan behavior where Gloria was really approachable, according to most everyone. Uh, Unfortunately, maybe for the wrong reasons, but she was always very kind to little kids. And so, you know, she meet her repeatedly outside of concerts when she was like nine, 10 years old, 11 years old. Um, It just seems like a lot to be doing that with your kid all the time. But I don't know. I'm like... My mom took me to a New Kids on the Block concert when I was five because I decided I was obsessed with them. But yeah, it's hard for me to imagine her just like taking me places and like waiting outside. No, I went to my first concert in high school and I had to lie. I was just like, I'm sleeping over at my friend's house. And I went to I saw Creed. Um, Oh, no. I know. No, Amber. I know. That was my first concert. (laughs) (laughs) I guess mine was technically New Kids on the Block. But my first one without my parents was Smashing Pumpkins. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, but there's no way my mom would like wait outside and drive me to play. No, she had things to do. Back for Creed. (laughs) No way. She was working. Oh, hey, little girl. (laughs) Would you like my autograph? With arms wide open. (laughs) Anyway, through that fan behavior, Karina had met Gloria multiple times by the time she was, you know, 11, as Gloria was known to be very kind to kids. And gross, again, the context of it, now that we know it, it's, it seems like that a lot of times that was her sort of like like casing them, like scouting little girls. Oh, right. Seeing who's the most malleable, who's mm-hmm. the most agreeable. Who would who looked a certain way that he she knew Sergio would want. Yeah. Um, so on October 8th, 1994, Gloria was doing a concert in Chihuahua. And so I guess just like... Stand apart from the uh, the other fans, Karina and her mother actually went to the airport to greet Gloria as she flew in. That's crazy. It seems like a lot. But, a little much. Um, and, you know, instead of just waiting after the concert, they, like, wanted to be there to show their love for her when she arrived. And, right. like, whatever. I, maybe I'm being completely judgmental. But at this time, Karina was at the very critical age of 12 as far as Sergio is concerned. This seems to be part of his predation compulsions. It always seems to be around the age of 12. By this time, Gloria had met her several times and seemed to recognize and remember Karina. Uh, This time at the airport, Karina gave Gloria a teddy bear and revealed to Gloria that she had dreams of becoming a singer just like her. She also told her that her mom had already gotten her into modeling and she was singing in her school chorus and kind of just being like, see, I'm I'm doing all the things. I want to be just like you. Glory suddenly became very interested in little Karina. She told Mary, who is the other woman who helps them, 
um, the one who had been married to Sergio first. And who was going to get her big dream. Yes. But then didn't because Gloria had, she got the spotlight. Yep. Uh, So she told Mary, who's always with her. Um, who was with her in the airport to get all of her information, you know, like put her assistant Mary over there, go talk to her, get, fill out her stuff. This is really, you know, and of course to the mother and the little girl, this is like the most exciting thing they've ever heard. They're like, I can't believe it. I must be like, I won the lottery. And so they gave all of their personal info over. The next process is very similar to Aline's story, only instead of his office, it was at a hotel because they were doing their concert in Chihuahua and where the office space and all that stuff was in Mexico City. So this was like a tour date. And so, you know, the next day after this happened, she went to this hotel to, you know, have her like pre-audition. So is Mary kind of like Michelle from Destiny's Child? Because there's a whole thing of like poor Michelle because she never got the the breakout stuff. Maybe, except I don't think that she committed a bunch of crimes. No, no, no. But as far as like the breakout, because Beyonce was the breakout, obviously, because her mom did all the costumes and the management. So it was just like a poor Michelle. Maybe she a was always bit. in like the more like um, covered up clothing. Yeah. I mean, probably, except I, I feel less sympathy for her. Right. <laughs> um, although she was she was initially a victim, like she was groomed by him for sure. But again, just like Gloria and you guys can all let me know your opinion and you let me know at the end of this. I don't feel super sorry for her um, because of how many years later she continued to do this to 12-year-olds. So whenever she came to this hotel, a bunch of other girls were around. In fact, it was some of the same girls who were there when Aline was there a couple years ago. So some of them had been there with him for years, like went from the Aline period to this Karina period. Presumably all still being assaulted or perhaps some of them grew up to help him find new little girls, but they were still all around him. So in this moment, in this first initial audition, it's like, I would compare it to, in the modeling world, it's called a go-see. Um, or where you show up with a card of your age, height, body mass index they, or whatever. They basically like scope you to decide if they'll want to decide to talk to you. You know right. what I mean? So this was like that for her. Um, and so... She doesn't immediately report something horrible happening that first time. What she does get is that she is offered, they go, we think you're right for our our training group. I'm going to offer you a three-month contract to change, to to train with Gloria's entourage back in Mexico City. Wow. And this is a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And so this is like when Karina's mom's still around and they're just like – dumbstruck by they're like I can't believe he wants to have her Um, you know but he needs to take her back to Mexico City where he can really isolate her he can't your mom can't be around while I groom you we gotta get those pesky moms out of here Uh, yeah and I really still of all the stuff I was reading through I don't know how they worked out moving all of these little girls so far away from home and got away with it legally other than the parents just didn't report it but probably the parents were like this is their shot to make it out of the small town. I totally get, get it. Out of the small town. I do. I really do understand. It's just that 12 is so young. No, my mom wouldn't that. let me do that. No way. 12 years old, man. Um, but I know, like, this was a more naive time. I know that's true. And, like, 
is probably like because it really was honestly because Gloria was around. She was famous. She was like successful and pretty and nice. They could have never thought this was going to be something. Yeah. If you they know. ever met this guy, they'd be like, fuck no, you're going to stay around him. Well, they would. They met him, say, like at this first little thing. But Vaguely. all of the girls were around. There's all of these other young girls around this Gloria. They all are conditioned to be smiling and being like, hi, yes, we love. This is so great. He doesn't feed us. Yeah. They don't say that till later. <laughs> That's a surprise. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, We've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. So basically, she was told that if she wanted to accept this three month training period, that it was that was basically like an audition period for her. So the three months was like a like a camp, almost like a boot camp. Oh, like a like K-pop. They have these like camps to be a superstar. Kind of. Yeah. Um, I'm sure those are all fine. (laughs) So. If she was chosen after that camp, she would be paid 20,000 pesos for the first few months, which is a pretty large amount of money, especially, I mean, for a child. But oh, my God. Well, yeah, that's why they're sending them off. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it would equate to about 10,000 U.S. Yeah. today's money. And so, like, much like the many of the girls that Sergio tar- targeted, her family was in pretty dire financial straits, and this money would provide access to health care for her father, who was in a wheelchair. Um this is something that should never be on the shoulders of a 12-year-old. Uh, that really sucks. Yeah. I know that they were just doing their best, but it shouldn't be up to this little girl to help her family's health no. bill, medical bills. Um, 
Yeah, why do you think Britney Spears had such a like break? Because it, since six years old, she had to support her family. A lot, yeah, a lot of those teen stars. That's man. too young. Way too young. Go support yourself, parents, yeah. adults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I also had this other weird thought when I was going through this part, which is like, what was the justification of having these adolescent children being the backup performers in Entourage with Gloria? She was in her twenties by now. Why was her, like, keyboardist supposed to be 12? Like, I get that the fans are that age, but it would be, like, you know, her. she was a very sexually expressive performer. It would be like Lady Gaga's backup dancers being 12 yeah, be during weird. the poker face era. Like, why, why did people think that was normal? That's weird. I don't know. I don't understand it. Um, but that's who all of her background people were some of them were like closer like mary was one of the backup people but a lot of them were poor mary minors poor not really poor mary not really (laughs) (laughs) throw her in the background yeah so during karina's era the grift was that since this was like right when mary poquitas was being told by sergio that she was finally going to get her solo album her shot her thing and so that's why they were having these auditions because they needed to replace Mary in the back of Gloria's show. And so they needed to have a new girl. And that's why they were doing the boot camp because Mary was going to go off and be a star, which was a lie to literally everyone, <laughs> including Mary. So um, and that's pres- why I would presume Mary stuck around and helped abuse girls for so many years because Sergio kept dangling that carrot. Not that that's an excuse, but I imagine that's one of the reasons she stayed. Yeah, and what's it called? Something fallacy where you keep buying into something because if you were to cut out now, you would have lost lo- uh, sunk cost fallacy. Yeah, yeah, sunk cost fallacy. Yeah, so you yeah. can't get out now because if I got it now, then everything I did prior would mean nothing. Yeah. When really, you're throwing away more years of your life. Right, and that is something that happens a lot with you know high, high demand religions and cults and stuff. You sometimes start tripling down because you're like, well, I can't. Leave because all if that's the case, then everything I've done has been really bad. Yeah. <laughs> so you just keep going and going. Um, yeah, that's probably true. Um, but in 1994, when this was happening, after Gloria had reached such stardom, Mary was under the delusion that after all this dirty work, after being forced to marry Sergio, after being in the shadow of Gloria, that she was finally going to be the star. This, of course, didn't happen. But the lore for Karina and her class of abuse victims was that Gloria would need, you know, like I said, the new dedicated backup singer. By this point, Sergio had his formula pretty much down. Karina's mother would not be permitted to travel to Mexico City with her because she asked. And he said, no, 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 you know, you cannot come. Oh, they didn't have the budget for that. And also, listen, Karina is really going to need to to focus on her training and her family is going to be distracting to her. Do you want her to succeed or not? And so you need to stay back while she comes to Mexico City as a 12 year old alone. God, I could see parents doing this today in Hollywood. I don't even think it's a dated time or a a people place thing. I think some people would do this today. If like your kid can be famous. Baby, they don't even have to take them to another city. They just film them while they go to the bathroom. Right. Right here. Right here. So um, he also shamed the mom. Like he learned how to manipulate really well. So he kind of shamed her by suggesting that none of the other girls had their mothers with them. Why are you being embarrassing? <gasps> none of. I, yeah, I, I guess 
you don't really trust your daughter's, I guess she's not being a serious performer. Oh, you need to come. Nobody else is doing that. So the mom's just like, oh, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. Um, this is why moms have to be... Cunts? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she was given this thrilling offer of coming back to audition. I'm, and I'm sorry, coming back to this boot camp in Mexico City. Um but actually, no, I'm wrong. So she did have the she made this go see. She was supposed to come to Mexico City then to do a real audition and then would be accepted into the boot camp. So right. this is there's three steps. The first audition in Mexico City, her mom was able to travel with her. So that one time, which happened just a few days after this little go see on October 12th, 1994, happened in Mexico City. Her and her mom traveled up to do this. But just like Aline. When this happened to her, she was separated from her mom pretty early on in the audition where her mom like stayed down stairs somewhere and she went up to the office space. Here, Sergio did his real interview. The questions became more invasive. He asked her about her home life, if she was religious, if she had a boyfriend, basically casing this child for weaknesses and points of entry. Then the conditioning how would you feel about being a part of this super secret special group of elite talent? How would you feel like the very specialist, specialist people come to this? Wouldn't you like that? What would you be willing to give up? Would you pled pledge fealty to us over your family? Then testing of boundaries. Other girls do this all the time and we let they have this wardrobe that they all everybody tries on during the audition. We need to see how, how you look in a costume. And it was, of course, not clothing appropriate for a 12-year-old. But she did as she was told. She didn't feel like the – she was a kid. She didn't know the you know the alarm bells at this point. So she put on the little outfit he gave her, and she did walking and dancing and singing for him. After it was over, Gloria came and lavished her with praise. You did so good. You are so talented. Sergio – would love to have you on our team. Wow. Congratulations. I am so thrilled. Can you believe it? That's amazing. All you need to do is to get your mom to sign over your life to us and let us have your birth certificate and passport. Okay. <laughs> because by this point, Sergio had figured out that in order to really have control over these children, he needed to get it set up as legally as possible. God, remember when he had the passport of that girl and then they fucking went back to the hotel to get it mm -hmm. and then they were like, got bamboozled back in there? Yeah. That made me so mad. Yeah, well... He knows now. Take the oh, passport. Yeah. He knows. He knows. So, he made this big to-do. Gloria, again, was a huge integral part of this because it was Gloria who made this seem normal. It was Gloria who was encouraging the mother to do this. It was Gloria who made it seem safe. And she convinced her mother to sign over basically human rights to this child and to t get all of her info, all of her IDs, everything now was in Sergio's hands. Understandably, Karina was over the moon with happiness. She felt like she had won the lottery. How special she has to be if her favorite singer in the whole world wanted her in her entourage. I mean, I just, the poor child. I feel so bad for her. Karina didn't report she felt uncomfortable in that first meeting, except for one strange incident. Hmm. At the end of the audition, Sergio calls out for a girl in their harem whose name is Katya to escort Karina out of the, the suite and back down to her mother. When Katya appeared, 
it was out of a closet in the room. Oh, and it's not like coming out gay-wise. It's no. like a literal closet. Yes, as in she was standing inside of a closet during the audition. Karina looked confused at this, and Katya laughed it off and said she thought it was another room and accidentally ended up in there. This kind of, like, it strikes me as eerily similar to when Aline reported when she, remember, she was under the desk during that meeting with the journalist. And, right. like, the journalist didn't know there was a little girl there until, like, he put a glass of lemonade down and heard a voice. It seems like Sergio has some weird fetish or desire in that haunted house inside his head where he wants to place various children in, like, hiding spots wherever God, he is that would be a scary haunted house like you open a door and that yeah. child is in there that sounds like a nightmare to me yeah but he seems to think that's great um so it, i think it must be just like exerting control or domination or something but basically that was the only thing that felt funny to her when the audition was over that oh this little girl just like came out of a closet to take me back down to my mom um much like Aline, Karina immediately felt like Gloria was her friend, someone she could trust. And man, how deeply evil it is to be in your 20s and maybe be manipulating 12-year-olds into thinking that they are your friends. No, if you're 12 years old listening to this, which maybe you shouldn't, but you know. Maybe not. Maybe this not. is a lot. Maybe when you're a couple years older. Right. But if there's a 20-year-old trying to be friends with you, they don't. They want to be friends with other 20-year-olds. They're, they have something, they have, they have an ulterior motive and it's not because the 12-year-old's dumb or boring or lame. It's just... Because their brains are different. Right. All of us, when we're 12. Uh, and no, somebody, you're not more mature for your age. No, and that's okay. It's, you're it's not really supposed okay. to be. You're not supposed to be. Anybody in their 20s doing that is trying to get something out of you, and it's going to end up badly. Um, so, yeah. So that's, you know, again, why I kind of can't feel very badly for Gloria. Um, Karina's mom was pretty much on board after this audition she was excited for Karina but her wheelchair bound father objected for days and days but the two of them eventually wore him down he didn't want this to happen he thought it was a bad idea um, it wasn't him putting the pressure on her to help him with medical bills so I don't know what the mother's scenario was it might maybe she didn't like it either but it was the father specifically in Karina's book who said like you shouldn't do this but yeah. eventually they they broke him. Ooh. So at the beginning of November, which is just a couple short weeks after this audition, Karina moves into the space in Mexico City. Katya, the girl from the closet, becomes Karina's foremost instructor. And like every girl who's spoken out has reported, she was immediately being starved um, and put on a rigorous exercise regimen. So in this dynamic, Karina is being watched over by Katya. By all accounts of anyone who's spoken out, he created sort of a net of different girls watching other girls. So it was always – there wasn't a direct – other than Mary and Gloria, there wasn't a pyramid of people. It was sort of like a tangled web so that everybody was confused all the time. Katya ended up just happening to be Karina's like watcher slash instructor who was only a couple years older than her. Right. Um, this reminds me of that haunted house that only uh, it's like not haunted. It's like a real murder house when the World's Fair was oh, happening. Oh, H.H. Holmes. Yeah. So yeah. he purposely built it very confusing. Yeah. So nobody and he got away with it because nobody knew 
what was going on because it was so confusing. That's done by design. It is. Yes, you're correct. And I think that is also done by design here, I imagine. Karina would, as she got older, later on, after she recognized the patterns, realized that those first days was when she was being fully conditioned. As she was being exercised all day, the other girls were commanded to go through her luggage, picking up any sort of information about her. Um, and this was something that happened, she saw and witnessed later happen to any girl that came in, that she would be kind of sequestered to this like rigorous training for the first few days. I mean, it was always bad, but the first few days she was completely isolated and found out later they were all rifling through her stuff to look for anything they could use to either blackmail her, manipulate her. And this was all at Sergio's command. Interesting. I imagine the first few days are the worst because you're just like, wait, whoa, what's going on here? I imagine it's pretty shocking. Yeah. Um, But I don't know if maybe at that point you're still under the impression, well, this just this is just how it is. This is how it is to be star. I'm sure it's going to get better in a couple days or whatever. Yeah. And to just ignore any sort of red flags or bells. Yeah. This is just how it is. And I mean, at 12, what, how the fuck are you going to know what a red flag is? Right. You know, like, you're, you're just like, at 12, you're just like, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and that's why they like them. Exactly. So another addition to this web of confusion is, and Aline reported this as well, Sergio often took the girls to random hotels and wouldn't tell them why. Likely a form of disorientation, of being able to completely control their surroundings. I've had that happen to me with a director once. He kept, took you to a random hotel. To a random hotel. And then he's like, put your, like, try some clothes on for the shoot. <gasps> and then I went in the bathroom and changed. And he was like, I thought you changed in front of me. And I said, I feel uncomfortable doing that. I wasn't 12. I was 23. Oh, I, I had horrible shit happen in my 20s. Oh, like yeah. That, yeah. It doesn't and stop when you're a kid. It doesn't stop. And then he, I said no. And then he, like, he called me fat. So it's like more degrading, degrading, just to like get you to feel worse about yourself. So you think, okay, I guess I'll do whatever it takes to get you to be nice to me again. Yeah. When really I was just like, I don't like any of this. And I just kind of stood there silently and then he called me fat and left. I mean, at least he left. He left and I got fired, but like, fuck him. Yeah, good. You don't want to be around that kind of fucking person. Um, I'm sorry. That's terrible. That's okay. Everybody got fired on that set. I guess nobody would uh, wear outfits for him. No, because he was a, sorry, I know I'm like taking off the story. He was a Wall Street guy that got fired and used his severance pay to make a movie. So he didn't know certain things like you have to hire a a line producer to make sure all the shots are done. He didn't do that. So he had this big rap party and then he realized like, oh, there's a lot of shots we missed. So instead of saying I messed up, he just fired everybody and hired a whole new cast and crew. Isn't he crazy? Was it a feature? This was like a really, uh, yes, it was a a long movie. I think it's on YouTube. It's called Where Are You, Sophia? You can check it out. All right. Let me look and see where it is while you continue. I'm sorry. Hmm. I hope you wouldn't sue me. Yeah, 2009. The story of a local newspaper columnist from a rural town. (laughs) She mysteriously disappears. I'm sure it's incredible. (laughs) Yeah, look at some of the reviews. The reviews are like, he fired all of us. (laughs) Fuck this guy. (laughs) This guy doesn't know what he's doing. Those are the reviews of the movie. That's funny. Oh, but I can imagine being 12 and someone telling me that and having that power and not understanding those dynamics. I was a little more of a woman and I still couldn't say, get out, shut up, I hate you. I just was quiet. So imagine at 12, you're like, okay, I guess I'll do whatever it takes to get you to be nice to me. Of course. Even if it's like degrading my soul. And also, you don't know what it takes to, 
you, as far as you know, to become a great piano player, this is how that happens. That's right. Everybody goes through this. My family's gone. They're away from me. I'm in a whole new place. starved and beaten up. And yeah. Because, well, I, because I'm elite. Because he would also constantly berate them with that, that this is the best place they could ever be. These are the elites. These are the... Just like uh, who we were just talking about? Oh no, this was not in. This is in my real world. <laughs> God, I've been following the Lori Vallow case for way too long. Okay, but her her family. She's a she's a mass like basically a serial killer. Um, her father always told her that she was a part of the five percent, which is like ninety five percent of the population are dumb and ugly and stupid, and mm-hmm. you are a five percenter. I mean, she was very pretty. She was fine. She was a b- bikini model. She had abs. That's right. She gets to murder people, Natalie. Only She's one hot five percent. Yeah. Yeah. So th- this is also being fed to these little girls in Sergio's world. He would say that you are the elite of people. If you're out there, it's with the scum. This is where you need to be because you're special. And so at twelve, you're like, I guess so. Um, so he was taking them through these different like mazes of places as well. And when Karina started her training period, she was joined by two other girls. And it became clear after she got there that the three of them would be competing for the Mary spot. So he did say that she would have to complete all this stuff to get to be in the group. But he didn't necessarily specifically say you are going to be pitted against other little girls in this school. And if that sounds incredibly psychologically draining to you, I would say you're probably correct. Yeah. Um, This was a common tactic that he used. He would pit the girls against one another in general, um, sometimes not so directly, but it would always be a competition. And we heard that from Aline as well, that whenever he pushed it harder, she would go – She like when she realized after he took her virginity and raped her that he was also having sex with all the other girls, she was like, I need to be better I need to work harder. Right. And so this is another thing that he would do to make that happen so the girls would start to be... Um, Competitive. It's divide right. and conquer. Right. I mean, that's why, like, my mom's generation, she doesn't like women. She right. doesn't have any female friends. I mean, she has some, but, like, of that generation, they didn't have female friends. They were pitted against each other. Yeah. Because when you get together and you form alliances, then that's kind of scary, right? Well, that's what you're told. Yeah. 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 We yeah. can't have that happen. Yeah. No, because they're all, they all want your man. Yeah. You know? No, totally. I know what you're No, they just get together and they're like, does your husband beat you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mine doesn't. Oh, that's crazy. No, it's because they want to steal your husband. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's it, keeping people ignorant of information is always the best way to keep them uh, doing what you want. Yeah. Information is scary. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Do you ever meet someone who seems kind of off? 
Whether it's a creepy neighbor or random phone number that keeps calling you, TruthFinder has you covered. You can search for people by name, address, phone number, email, and more. TruthFinder can be especially helpful for running confidential background checks on anyone you're planning to meet from online dating apps. Go to truthfinder.com slash podcasts for a special offer. That's truthfinder.com slash podcasts to access your special offer today. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. So Aline, like I said, was kind of describing the same process that he would get more and more depraved as it went on as they were trying to one up each other. By the time Karina came around, he had pretty much perfected this. And this is all to say, how in the fuck did he have time to do all of this? Right. Didn't he ever have work to do? They were actually a successful singing career. How was he planning out all of the demises of these little girls all day? Like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Do you have office paperwork? Yeah. Shani, like, contact studios to be like, let's get them on your live show next or making shaking hands with other producers. It's just nothing. So much work. Just like what child should I hide in what closet today? Yeah. That's seemingly what he did. Is that what he wakes up and he's like, Katrina goes in the closet? Yeah. And <laughs> this whole time he's convincing Gloria that she needs him for her success. Meanwhile, she didn't need him. No. She could have fucking she was already famous, but she had been warped by him. And I do I do acknowledge that. But yeah. it, again, I it's just when you get to a certain age and you're still doing that to little kids. You do, you know, you know that it's wrong at that point. She wasn't completely isolated by then. She was a superstar. Yeah. she's She was around. She, she could have cut him knew. off at any point. She knew it was wrong. It's so weird how successful, talented, beautiful women will get in these relationships with abusive men. And well, it happens over and over. Like Tina does. Turner, who passed away today. You know, she wasn't trafficking girls, but, you know, Ike Turner was so bad to her. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. It's, it is a... It's definitely a pattern. Um, And I really, I don't get excited about like criticizing women and like calling them out. I don't like doing call outs on people. It's, I want to talk about something that's at this level of crime because we do need to talk about this. I'm, I'm, I'm not here to nitpick women's mistakes and stuff like that. I would be in big trouble if we all needed to, like, make sure we were all fucking perfect and amazing in every way. But this is like, this to me seems like, she shouldn't just be having like a successful career, which she is currently. She has five million followers on Instagram. Because she knows what these 12-year-old girls are going through. She went through it herself, which is sad, but yeah. you can't let it continue. Yes. So we'll get into probably not till the final episode next week, but we'll get into how she is tr- she is acting as if this happened now in, in real time. We'll talk about Gloria. But... Okay, so for now, there's this for little now. girl who's just like, oh, I got to compete with these other two people. And which room am I going to stay in today? Mm-hmm. And she's being starved and manipulated and yes. brainwashed. And yes. she's just being pulled into here because her mom like loved her and took her to all the concerts. Right. So 
I mentioned last week the block of homes that he kept in the suburb of Mexico City. Uh, There was this one house that many of the girls had mentioned called Casa Rosa, which means the pink house. And doesn't that sound ominously sweet? Mm -hmm. Um, It was here that Gloria would groom a lot of the girls into normalizing really terrible things. It's okay that he puts his fingers inside you. Not, I mean, even more manipulative, to be honest. It was at Casa Rosa where Gloria conditioned Karina into accepting that nudity would be a part of her training. 12 years old. Let's remind this. Let's remind everybody this. Mm -hmm. She's 12. That, that she could trust Sergio to be a professional. In a way, it seemed as though she was trying to put Sergio in a position akin to a doctor, that any intimate appearances or, like, touching was for her own safety, her own health, her own career, that, like, don't worry about him seeing you new. This is, like, the same you would take your clothes off for a doctor. It was, like, kind of what Gloria was trying to initially, con- like, wow. convince Karina. Okay. Karina reiterates that Gloria told her the story of Lucerita, which is also what she told Aline, which is that the little girl's mother took her away and that her heart was broken. So this is a thing Gloria must have told a lot of those little girls, that it was Karina's job to help heal his heart, which is what he did to Aline. Um, I can't. Im- How many little girls do you think she did- told this story to at the behest of Sergio? It's hard to imagine. I mean, dozens, dozens. I I don't want to say hundreds because I don't know, but it's at least dozens. As a reminder, Lucerita is the 12 year old girl who was like the Mexican version of the Mickey Mouse Club girl that Sergio started managing. Probably don't need to do this whole re- refresher, but um, yeah. But it was kind of the the crux of all of this. Yes. Is he had this perfect little girl that he could rape. And her mom was like, I don't like this man, and took her away. And the fact that he couldn't rape this child, it emasculated him. Yeah. Oh, it hurt his feelings. And and to be fair, if it wasn't her, it would have been somebody else. Like, it's yeah. not, we're not putting any blame on their family. It's. Oh, no, I'm just making a joke. No, I know. Of like, I know. fuck this guy. Someone yes. needs to, like, put acid on his dick. Get him out of here. Oh, yeah. There's these moments I'm just like, do, are we really at anti chemical castration? Is that really that bad? <laughs> he cannot control his shit. You know what I mean? Like, he yeah. can't control it. Maybe it will be a relief for him to not have a dick anymore. I don't know. So she's dancing around naked for this man in his 30s. She's 12, and she's being told by other women, it's okay. It's fine. It's normal. He's like a doctor. He's just checking you out. Yes. Also, within this, her telling the Lucerita story to Karina. She also told her in this moment that Sergio and Lucerita had a sexual relationship and that the sex developed her voice. So if you have sex with Sergio, essentially your voice is going to get better and more developed and richer. Is he like the opposite of Ursula, his dick? Is that what it is? He gives you the voice? I guess so. I think maybe... The way she was trying to rationalize it is that, like, the way that guys have their balls drop is like, oh, if you lose your virginity, it it makes your body richer. Right. And she's 12. So what the fuck does she know? It'll turn you more into a woman and you'll hit the higher and the lower notes. I guess. Maybe. So that's what Gloria is telling Karina as a 12 year old. Um, Karina describes so many different ways in which he would mentally break down these children. For example, after the girls would be left starving, seemingly at the the direction of the older girls there, it would – and Karina was like upset. You know, when she first got there, before she's completely broken, they're starving. It's at – because Sergio is not the one doing this. It's the other girls in the group preventing them from eating. Karina would get upset. It would be Sergio who took her out to Burger King. 
thus creating this deficit that he could fill. Oh. So he would command them to be starved. And then when they would like get to a breaking point, he would like take them out, be charming, buy them food, you know, tease them, do all that stuff so that he could continue that like psychological breakdown. Yeah. So it was about four weeks into this training camp, which would be mid-November 1994, into her imprisonment, that she first reports he molested her. She was brought to his office to discuss some argument she was having with another girl, and he wanted to console her. Though he didn't fully rape her during this interaction, he was obviously grooming her for that. Six days later, a further intensification of the molestation happened in some form. She thinks she did not get assaulted, but as is the way when you get assaulted at a young age or even an adult, you sometimes sort of dissociate. Right. And you're like, I don't even know what happened in that five years. Well, yeah. And this night, she knows that he did something to her and that she woke up with no clothes on in his bed the next morning. But she sort of blocked out what happened. But she doesn't think they had penetrative sex yet because I'll explain that in a second. But he obviously abused her in some way. That morning... Sergio further manipulates the 12-year-old Karina by saying that Gloria had heard that they had been together and was so ecstatic and so thrilled, like basically saying, Gloria heard we're in a relationship and she's like so pleased about it. Um, Karina was terrified. She was alone from her family and had just experienced this traumatic assault. And she's being told that her favorite star who she's going to work with is so thrilled about this relationship. And she's like, maybe I'm crazy. Um, Later that day, Gloria approached Karina and told her to go talk, speak with Sergio. Um, I heard you guys are dating. Go talk to him. Karina was still frozen in shock, like in a state of shock. And she was afraid from her assault and didn't want to talk to Sergio. But Gloria told her repeatedly that if she wouldn't go talk to him, then she obviously wasn't Gloria's friend. <sighs> That's the sort of stuff that makes me really want Gloria to be held more accountable. Because she's basically like, go in there and get raped. Yes. She's sending her to a death sentence. Yes. And saying that if you don't, you're my bad. You're a bad friend. You're probably not going to be a star. You're probably going to get kicked out of here because you can't handle it. Um, and she's how old is she? Twenty six. Yeah, you know. So, yeah. So Karina's twelve. Gloria's around twenty six years old at this time. Karina exercised what little autonomy she had in the coming months by trying to avoid Sergio as much as possible. Sometimes even out refusing to see him. This would cause her to be punished, extra starved, work extra hard or worse. But also at the same time, due to Sergio's psychological conditioning, she also felt something akin to like um, reverence towards him, like love and affection in a way that's like very unhealthy, which left her very confused all the time. During this, it's no surprise to learn that Karina was kept away from contacting her family very often. While it's easy to make the judgments about her family, this was a more naive time, like we were saying, and this was such a special opportunity. They, again, were under the belief that there was no way that this could be bad. Gloria was so famous and such a huge pop star and so nice. She must just want to help their very talented daughter. I assume, just to keep up this grift, I don't know why they allowed it, but she was allowed a brief call with her parents one time a week. And if her parents tried to call another time during that week, someone, whoever was responsible for gatekeeping the phone calls, they would be told that she was 
busy in her training. She wasn't there. She just left. She can't talk right now. And I guess academic school of any sort was not taken into consideration. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the laws were regarding schooling in Mexico, if anyone out there knows directly at that time period. But they do have a similar layout to U.S. schools where grades are split up a little differently, but basically the same as elementary, middle and high school. Mm -hmm. But schooling at 12 years old would have been compulsory even in the 90s. So there is some form of 10th through 12th grade, which is called preparatoria, preparatoria, I'm sorry, uh, that apparently only recently has been considered compulsory, but that wouldn't have applied to a 12-year-old at the time. That's more like 10th grade only just became compulsory. So at that age, she would have been in like what would be considered fifth grade. Um, fifth grade? Yeah. Fifth grade? It's all like coming, hitting home. Like in fifth grade, what were we, what was I doing in fifth grade? I don't even remember. Bullied. <laughs> yeah, getting bullied. Um, but definitely not being, not, ugh, none I, of this. Um, and like just, to be clear, compulsory school is like when a parent can face fines or even lose their children if they don't provide adequate education to them. Uh, and doing the research, I actually discovered that while Mexico now has compulsory school through 12th grade, the U.S. varies state by state. And due to religious clauses, some people are not required to educate their children past the eighth grade in America. So I love that. Girls definitely shouldn't be too smart anyway. It's not sexy. Why is religion having so much, like, control over government? They don't even pay taxes. This is a whole other thing. A whole yeah. other topic, whole other story. But yeah, blows my mind. Yeah. Anyways. So, so, anyway, it would appear, perhaps, that all these girls living with him were being— it was breaking a number of laws because none of them seemed to be attending any form of school. And it was not legal, in Mexico in the 90s for a 12-year-old to be out of school. It just wasn't. Contractor, no. Even if you sign your child's life over to somebody else, they're technically still responsible to send them to school, but it wasn't happening. Maybe we can quiz Mackenzie about that later and ask if there was some form of, like, way that that was legal. Right. Tell us, Mackenzie. Tell us. She knows it. <laughs> Though Through all of the abuse, Karina was also being trained in performance at least part of the time. So there was actual... They did have to do concerts and records and stuff during all of this. So um, she was like taking grueling piano lessons, like 16 hours a day sometimes of piano. Oh, but is she a good pianist, though? For some reason, I'm fine with 16 hours a day of piano. 16? <laughs> some reason. I'm like, that's what Mozart did. Mm -mm. No. I don't know. That's actually bad. I don't know. 16 hours. That's like going from 9 a.m. until like 1 in the morning. Do you want to be one of the greats? You got to get on that piano. I don't know if she wanted to be one of the greats. <laughs> they just were like, you're a piano now. Okay. Um. So she was only also allowed to have two bathroom breaks during that time. Oh, God. And was not being fed. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Um, so it wasn't like fun. It wasn't like, oh, you're learning the arts. It was, <laughs> it was like, it was punishment, basically. So, um, again, why was she have, why did she have a 12-year-old accompanist in her group? I don't understand this. Why was a 12-year-old her keyboard player? About three months, anyway, 
About three months into her indentured servitude, in January of 1995, Karina is fully raped by Sergio that she is at least certain of. When she said the last time that she didn't remember, she thinks this is the first time due to the amount of pain that it caused. It was deeply traumatic for her. She recalled the violation as the most disgusting, horrible thing that she could imagine happening. But this sort of conditioning is so much more complicated than that because... If you'll recall, she had several adults around her conflating rape and abuse with being an adult and being part and, and being a part of the work to get ahead. She was being told that Sergio was this really nice man doing good things for her. And when she didn't want to obey his demands, they would act. These other adult women would act like she was being a trouble, like she was being no good, a waste of the time if she wouldn't like adhere to Sergio's needs. And so... The abuse and the success of her career that would help her family were now completely intertwined. In this crazy town that was her new world, this was very normalized. How is any 12-year-old going to find their way out of this? I mean, that's my – as I was reading over all of this happening, I'm just like, how how is a 12-year-old supposed to understand and get out of this? The vile is not a strong enough word for what they were doing. The word evil gets thrown around a lot, but – if this is not that, I don't really know what is. She she is a child sex slave. She is. I forgot what 12-year-old girls look like, so I just did a quick Google search. Look at this, Natalie. Yes, they're little tiny girls. They're tiny. Yes. This is not like, oh, I thought she was of age. Oh, I, I didn't know. This is like, this. you know this is a child. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they're, they're little girls. This, it's prepubescent. This is the <sighs> adolescent phase of a person's life. Yeah. I I don't really know what else, what other phrase to use other than she is a child sex slave. She doesn't have human rights at this point. Her punishments would go beyond not pleasing him. Her punishments would go beyond just not pleasing him personally as well. If she was not getting something in the arts fast enough, she uses, pers- like in her book, she uses an example of when she couldn't master a song on the piano fast enough he would do that pun- bathroom punishment thing that I mentioned last week, which he seemed to use quite frequently, that, that she he would lock her and other girls in their bathroom for days and sometimes weeks with no food, only the sink water, no bed, nothing, just hard tile to sleep on, um, basically putting them in solitary, solitary confinement with no food. Uh, beatings were common. She witnessed all of the girls, Gloria included, being berated, hit, punished, except that Mary and Gloria were grown women. So even in the as she, Gloria was in the spotlight, she was still so conditioned to be at the mercy of this dumpy, useless turd of a human being. So it's not like she was like living lavishly. She was same, still being she, locked in the bathroom with the girls. She was still being beaten, still being like humiliated, being raped by him. Because um, he had to keep her afraid to mm-hmm. keep the girls coming. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, again, like you said, he's in deep now. If Gloria leaves and reports what's going on, his his life's over. And so he had to also keep her locked in there. He can't have that. Yeah. Disturbingly, uh, and we'll get into this a little later, Karina notes at certain points a four-year-old girl was there. She was never at the time given a full explanation as to who she was or why she was there. But it's most likely that it was Sergio's daughter. Um, I'll explain that later. But Karina watched him beat her multiple times. 
at a four-year-old. This goes on through most of 1995. She has rarely, if ever, seen her family since she left to go to Sergio's prison in October of 1994. Yes, even that year for Christmas, she was not permitted to go home. November of 1995 happened. So she spends an entire year going through this process. And she's finally given permission to visit her family. As with Aline, Mary escorted Karina. She was not allowed to go to her family alone. And when Mary was with her, she was not allowed to be alone with her family for even a second. So Mary was watching her the entire time. So she couldn't, like, say, help me, help me. And at no point did the mom be like, I'm going to speak to my daughter alone. Thank you, Mary. Guess not. Um yeah, I don't – it's so hard to gauge. I know it's easy. I feel judgmental personally, and it's really easy to do, but we don't really know what, how that happened. But it does seem insane from the outside that that would happen. Um, it would be a couple more years of hell for Karina before she got away uh, with – and it gets a lot worse. Um I think we'll just end here and we'll finish out next week uh, – we're going to talk about another girl, Lupita Carrasco, who comes in during this time period, which is the middle of 95, basically, um, and talk about her experience and the last few years of this whole collective and what happens after they get caught. So um, I think that's enough for today. It's it's really bleak. And next and next episode is also really, really dark. But he gets um, caught. I mean, doesn't serve the time for what he did, but he at least gets caught. And that's why we're talking about this. Yeah, it, it, it's it's not a happy ending. Um, I will say that. I'm sure people call those 12 year old girls whores. They did. Yeah. After. Right. After. Isn't it funny how a 36 year old man is just a sad little boy? Who just got his heart broken from this girl because she wouldn't let him have sex with her. Yeah. But a 12-year-old girl is a full-grown woman whore? That's yeah. very interesting to me. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to get more into that uh, next episode. And there is a, a little bit of a light at the end as well. Oh, he dies? No, not yet. He gets shot in the back of the fucking head? Because that would be a light to the end of this tunnel. Yeah. No, he's unfortunately alive. Okay. Um, but... I think I mentioned the very top of all of this. There is another lawsuit that's been open up this year. So we'll go into that at the end of next episode. But, uh, yeah, let's just, like, stop here and try to (laughs) sort of process this amount of contents. Do you think he's perfectly picking families whose father was, like, sick or in a wheelchair, like, who didn't have the physical capabilities to go and beat him up? Do you think he's purposely doing that? I can't speak for every one of the victims, but... The few that I know didn't have a father figure, and that does not matter. If you don't have a father figure, it doesn't mean anything. Right. A, mo- a mom can f- – any parental figure. They can it, fight for you. They, they are absolutely capable of fighting, but it does in this instance look – the ones that I, I know of didn't have their own father. But, I mean, even Aline had a stepfather who was around. Right. But that was early on, and they just had no – understanding of the darkness that was happening the to darkness. their kids and there you'll find we'll find out next episode how little these people knew about their kids because they were able to hide some stuff i'll tell Damn. you um yeah so 
Nice. I've gone on a couple dates, different times, two few different guys where I said like, oh, my brothers are in the military. They're pretty high up. And they're like, oh, wow, I guess I got to be in my best behavior. Ha ha ha. And I'm like, what does this mean? What were you going to what do? What were you going to do? Because my brother has a set of skills. You were going to rape my corpse. But right. right now you have to be a good person because of male a man might threaten violence against you. Yeah. I mean, if I feel like if a guy or a person would ever say that to you. That's just enough to be like, I probably don't need to I gotta be, go. I, my time is going to be spent elsewhere, probably. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. You don't ever want to be with somebody who doesn't do bad things because of they're worried there's going to be a punishment for it. Because that means you're a bad person. Yeah. doesn't matter if it's a law or threat of their own bodily harm or like worried about going to hell. Just you could just find people who want to be decent. Yeah. Regardless of any of that. You know, that's my advice for the day. My unsolicited advice. Um, Yeah, I still, uh, you know, we're saucy, part and greasy here. Um, I need to get away and go roll around in some dirt to get a little more greasy after it was taken away from me from this episode because I hate everything that we just said. I know. Join us next week for more, I guess. Amber Smelson. I'm Natalie Jean. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer... Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.